Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. At the request of the brothers, we have gathered here today, inshallah, to conclude a short three-day tour. And with regard to the summary of the tour, as well as further guidelines for future work and mission, to continue the mission of spreading al-Islam because the purpose of these tours is in order to give the correct understanding of Deenul Islam, the religion of al-Islam and the correct understanding of al-Quran al-Kareem the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the scholarly heritage inherited from the previous ulama Mulana Abdul Rauf was away in Germany and missed the tour, but he caught up now, alhamdulillah. And he was giving us some insight with regard to Hitler's removal of Apollo's altar and so many various historical artifacts that the SS Nazis, they removed from Greece and brought them to Germany within the museums. Now, of course, Amsterdam is not short of any history. Paradoxically, they refer to a period called Golden Period. And Golden Period is a reference to the slavery. So the Dutch and the British and all the European colonialists, they enslaved millions of Africans. But surprisingly, they refer to, to this as a Golden Period. So it's very par paradoxical. But the communities that are within Holland, within the Netherlands, a country with multiple names, Netherlands, Holland, Deutschland. The communities are trophies from that colonial period. So you have people from the Suriname Islands, contract workers that were taken from India because the other workers like the Chinese and natives of the Caribbean islands, were un, uh, they were not sustainable for work. So they brought in the Africans because the Africans were strong and could handle heat and the Indians could, because they could handle the heat also and work on the sugar farms. So Britain and Denmark could export sugar cane and refined sugar throughout the world. So these Muslims who reside here now are trophies from the empire. But with that, they have a task, a mission, which is Nashrul Islam, the spreading of Al-Islam, and the correct understanding of Al-Islam. So arriving on Thursday, the first lecture was given in Jami' Al-Taqwa. So of course the non-Dutch people will not be familiar of these masajid. But Jami al-Taqwa is one of the masajid in Amsterdam, which Mulan Abdul Rauf is one of the imams. And in that masjid, as requested, I gave a lecture on modernity and modern man. How modern man is in need of Islam. And this is essential to our da'wah, understanding the age we live in. Understanding 
the economy, understanding the banking system, understanding political history, understanding geography, understanding, otherwise you will mistake Deutschland to Denmark. Common mistake. Understanding various cultures and not having a myopic vision with regard to Nashrul Islam, spreading Islam. And this was what Al-Alama Abdul Alim al-Siddiqi rahimallah represented when he went around Africa spreading Al-Islam to the West Indies, to the Caribbean, to various isolated places where Islam had not reached. He went and spread the mission of Al-Islam. A very forward-thinking alim with a broad mind. So geopolitics is essential. Some people, they deem these things to be unnecessary. But the worst, worst alim is the one with the closed mind. Because he does not represent the madrasa, the school of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, who trained 110,000 companions who had diversity. The likes of Abu Ubaidah bin al-Jarrah radiallahu an. When he enters foreign lands from the Golan Heights as a conqueror, and the open-mindedness that they needed to understand geography, cultures, various places, they would not have been able to have governed those places if they were narrow-minded. And narrow-mindedness does not entail, or open-mindedness does not entail abandoning your principles. Open-mindedness, having broad horizon, does not mean abandoning al-Islam, as I will mention with regard to the lecture that was given today. But on Thursday, it was with regard to the compatibility of Islam with modernity and understanding the age that we live in. Because if you are opening books like Al-Hidayah and reading them and not being able to apply the fiqh that you are reading in the modern age or making the fiqh relevant to the modern age, then the common man would not see the relevance of your religion. So that lecture revolved around modernity and Islam. Then on Friday we went to Jami' al-Tayba, the Masjid al-Tayba, where we met Mawlana Shafiqur Rahman, who is one of the Imams of the Masjid, but also there was Anas Nurani. Mawlana Anas Nurani, who is the son of Mawlana Ashah Ahmad Nurani, who is the son of Mawlana Abdul Alim al-Siddiqi, an international alim who spread the religion of Islam. So they invited me for a Juma lecture, to give the Juma lecture. We unfortunately were delayed because of the Amsterdam traffic and people who are unfamiliar with Amsterdam they should know that the city is full of bikes. People, they ride their bikes without holding the handlebars. They ride the bikes without handlebars. An amazing feat. And the city also has numerous things like the Museum of Van Gogh, the Museum of Remembrance, yes? Rijksmuseum. And the House of Anne Frank. 
And the house of Anne Frank is a sad sight where a young girl was taken away and killed by the SS. And of course, it reminds us of the sad history where human beings can do terrible things to others. And this is where the mercy of Islam enters. That Europe underwent a catastrophe in World War II where human beings were killed by the millions, not by Muslims, by each other. Europe became self-destructive for the second time within the same century, as it is today in Ukraine and Russia. Self-destructive. Various ideologies which lead to self-destructiveness. But we as the missionaries of Islam need to represent and embody the correct teachings of Islam, understanding the true concepts of Al-Jihad, understanding what is the meaning of Al-Jihad. Al-Jihad is struggle against oppression. And the meaning of the hadith, Umirtu an uqatil an-nasa hatta yaqulu la ilaha illallah is, I have been commanded to oppose those who fight me. We need to fight them back until they say la ilaha illallah. It entails opposing volume, oppression. But, World War I and World War II entailed those colonialists who became imperialists, sending millions of young men to the trenches, dying for wars which fulfilled just the caprice of that ruling elite. Millions of young men died. Millions were orphaned. And even the Blitzkrieg carried out on Rotterdam, if you go to the Dutch city of Rotterdam, it's new. Unlike Amsterdam, you wonder why is it new? Because Hitler was carrying out the Blitzkrieg. That was some of the terror, some of the terror that was unleashed by colonial nations on Libya. Some of the terror that was unleashed on Algeria, where one third of the male population was vanquished by the French colonialists. And the French Revolution, what it represented is the bloody history of mankind. When they were influenced by Rousseau, the philosopher Rousseau, his politics, and the abolishment of the royal family, and then they established a system which was bloody in itself. Europe had undergone bloody wars in the 1700s to the Napoleonic Wars. And then from the Napoleonic Wars later, we saw the two world wars. So Europe has had carnage in its history, yet it was still able to sustain colonial empires because we had something absent. If we did not have anything absent, we as Muslims, no one would be able to colonize our lands because they were weak themselves, meaning the colonialists were weak. If you read the history, Robert Clive, the British Man who defe- uh, the man who defeated Siraj Dawla, he only had 4,000 troops. Siraj Dawla had 50,000 troops, yet he was betrayed by Mir Jafar. And then during that period, you had Britain fighting the colonies in America. So you had the uh, Declaration of Independence, yet Britain was able to hold on to India because of our lack of deen, our lack of Islam. Because we lacked Islam, they were able to colonize. And 
the worst colonization was not the colonization of the land and plundering of the minerals, it was colonization of the mind. The mind was colonized. And this is where we need to wake up that we cannot have colonized minds. We need to realize that Islam is a religion that gives us self-respect. نَحْنُ قَوْمٌ أَعَزَّنَ اللَّهُ بِالْإِسْلَامِ Sayyidina Umar radiallahu anh said, We are a people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us respect because of Islam. لَوْ اِبْتَغَيْنَ الْعِزَّةَ فِي غَيْرِ الْإِسْلَامِ لَأَذَلَّنَ اللَّهِ When we seek respect from in other than Al-Islam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will disgrace us. So, on Friday, we went to Madrasatu Anwar al-Uloom. Now this madrasa has been established by one of our resident ulama from the UK, uh, Al-Mufti Shamsul Huda. And in that lecture I was advised to talk on the history and the development of Ilmul Kalam or the identity of what is known as Ahl Sunnah Wal Jama'ah. So I covered in length the historical uh, the historical events that led to the identity of Ahl Sunnah wal Jama'ah in contradistinction to heretical sects like the Mu'tazila, the Qadariya, the Jabariya, the Jahmiya. And then I went and touched upon the development of the thought of Abu Abbas, Ahmad bin Taymiyyah, and some of the modern sects. Then on Saturday, which is today, we first went to a masjid in Rotterdam, which was called the Pakistani Cultural Center. It's a masjid at the same time. And of course, masjid identities should not be on an ethnic basis. And this is something I've noticed, which is divisive, that a masjid should not have any ethnic basis. And the A'immatul Masajid must speak the native language of the people. So in England, the khutbah, uh, the speech given before the Arabic khutbah, which the Arabic khutbah in the Hanafi school is given, but before that the speeches must be in English. And similarly in Holland, the speeches should be in Dutch. This is something our da'wah is lacking. That especially people from the Indian subcontinent, whether it be from Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, or of Indian descent, they tend to only speak their native tongue in foreign lands. And this is not the way to spread Islam. Now someone may say the Sahaba, they, they only spoke Arabic. This is true. But the, the Sahaba spoke Arabic from their religious basis. If we spoke Arabic, it would be good. But secondly, they exemplified the deen to such an extent that people became Muslim by their behavior. So if our behavior is not up to standard, then it does matter what language we communicate with the host nation. So when we enter Denmark, or we enter Britain, or we enter any host nation, we must speak the language of those people. And we must accommodate other groups, accommodate the, the host nation, the Dutch people. 
that the Dutch people, the native Dutch people of this land, they must be hosted in our, in our masajid and Islam should be conveyed to them in the correct manner. Then in, in this masjid, in the Pakistani masjid, if you can, the Pakistan cultural center, I address the issue of life and death. And this is important because many of us are economic migrants. Now we are economic migrants because the situation in our countries of origin may, in many cases, be as such because of the economic crisis our countries have faced because of the plundering as well as the banking system, the IMF, and various other factors, corrupt politicians, and the corruption within our nation groups, within our ethnic groups, because of the lack of acting upon our Islam, when it comes to transactions, when it comes to mu'amalat, dealings, honesty, sidq, truthfulness, when it comes to dealing with one another, it leads to various types of corruption. So we migrate to these lands, we come as economic migrants. Many of us came as economic migrants 70 years ago, or 80 years ago. In England, we have communities that have been there for over 100 years, like the Yemeni community. And many of us have been there for at least 70 years. When we come to these countries, we as Muslims, if we become materialistic in our outlook, then we will not only lose the chance of da'wah calling people to Islam, we will also lose our future generations. Because when the youth become materialistic, they place their parents in old people's homes. When they think that earning and acquiring wealth is the goal of life, and then they turn to crime and robbery because they want quick money. When they become materialistic, their iman becomes weak. They give in to temptations like alcohol and cannabis and various other temptations. So it was essential to lecture on life and death. That when we realize this life is short-lived, we prepare for our death. And then we went to the Masjid Al-Karam. And this is in the old city of Amsterdam, one of the best masajid I have seen and been to in my tour. In that masjid, I lectured also on the subject of modernity and Islam, but from the aspect of that which is known as Al-Madrasatul Hisriya, which is those who believe Islam should be reinterpreted according to modernity. So that lecture has been recorded and is online for people to view. It covers those who call for the transformation or the reformation of Islam. It's a response to the claim that Islam is not compatible with modernity. I respond to all those claims and dismantle each claim. Five claims, dismantle each claim. Now three days are up, and inshallah I will be leaving. But what are the recommendations for the future? The recommendations for the future for not only this host country of Denmark, uh, of uh, Holland, but also my country of Britain. 
They call it Great Britain. Some call it Little Britain. That the recommendations are what? That we as Muslims, firstly, we must be moral human beings by practicing our religion. We are all representatives of our deen. So when we are honest in trade, when we are honest in, with our word, when we are honest in how we deal against injustice, when we stand up for truth, this is the first thing that we must embody. The second is that we must learn Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the names and attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which includes knowing the names and attributes with their proof. There are some people now, they claim blind conformity in faith in Iman is allowed. This is, un, this is false. You are not permitted to have blind conformity in faith. You must follow Iman according to its proofs, textual and rational proofs from the Qur'an and Sunnah. So it's essential for us to learn our aqidah, our beliefs. For this, literature is available, but we need teachers to be proactive in teaching aqidah. What aqidah works like Ummul Ibrahim, which is known as As-Sunusi of Imam Muhammad bin Yusuf As-Sunusi, rahimallah. Or what is translated as the essential Islamic creed of Imam Ahmad bin Zaini Dahlan, Rahimallah ta'ala was the mufti of the Shafi'is in the Ottoman Uthmani Khilafah. This book is in English. It's available. It's essential belief. And thirdly, we need to learn our fiqh, our understanding of the deen, meaning in terms of practicalities, how to perform tahara, how to pray our salah, how to give our zakatul amwal, how to fast in the month of Ramadan, knowing about dealings, the first foundation was what? Al-Akhlaq or Al-Adab, embodying Islam as it should be. But this cannot be done without knowledge. And as I mentioned, without a broad mind for the ulama, that the ulama must have a broad mind in how they become proactive in their da'wah in calling people to Al-Islam. So in the future, insha'Allah ta'ala, our efforts as a team shall be to call people to Al-Islam, whether Muslim, Muslims in terms of informing them of their deen. They are already Muslim, but informing them and instructing them, guiding them in how to practice the religion of Al-Islam in the modern age, how to fight desires, how to strengthen Iman, how to increase love for Allah and His Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, how to implement Islam in, in these times. And with the non-Muslims to inform them with regard to the correct, the correct understanding of Islam. So I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to enable us to do this in the future. Amen. And alhamdulillah also in between we visited also the funeral service of As-Salam. We visited various other places which were not recorded and where lectures were given. There were other lectures also. In between, no time was wasted. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that he accept this humble effort. And in future, uh, we even discussed with native Dutch people with regard to Islam on the roads of Amsterdam, impromptu. 
And I believe this da'wah is absolutely essential, calling non-Muslims to Islam. Unfortunately, it was not recorded, but in the future, inshallah, we will endeavor to outreach to all types of groups, uh, as we did already, but uh, in a broader way, inshallah ta'ala, calling people to al-Islam, calling people to the way of the Qur'an and the Sunnah, calling people to love Allah and His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam.